Hello, welcome back to Not Just Paleo. I'm your host, Evan Brand. This week's book giveaway winner is Tiger Tibby. Now, upon reading the review, I found out that this person is one of my clients who I'm helping with and that her skin, his, her skin condition is already almost healed. So that's not the reason that you've won the free giveaway book. You've won the book because you left a review on iTunes among the other people and I just randomly scroll and then wherever the mouse stops, boom, you win. So please send me your name, your address, and I'll get you a free book sent out. If you haven't left your review yet, you definitely want to do that on iTunes. Highly helpful to keep the show up in the top of the charts. If you want to talk with me and schedule a free consult to go over your health symptoms and goals, visit the website, notjustpaleo.com. Here we go. Start to Jay here. Evan, what's going on, man? Hey, not much. I just got my 23andMe results back, so thank you to them for hooking me up with a practitioner kit, and it got me inspired, and it got me thinking, hmm, is this genetic picture as as big or as important as it has seemed? Because a lot of our patients are coming to us with these reports. Hey, Dr. J, I want you to review my 7,000 different snips for me and let me know, am I doomed or not doomed? And we may have some things to say about that. Absolutely. I mean, your genes are nothing more than a blueprint, Okay. And you're from basically how your body works from a genetic standpoint is DNA is like the blueprint. You have this kind of action called transcription, which happens in the nucleus where it takes DNA, converts it to mRNA or RNA, for instance. And that RNA is kind of like the building block in which proteins are now created. It's called translation. So you get DNA. DNA goes to RNA. Okay, outside of the nucleus, and then it converts. It's this building block now to help translate protein, right? So if you have like your MTHFR test, right, the, the A gene or the C gene, for instance, these are nothing more than certain protein sequences that are put together, right? You have so with our genetics, we have these things called nucleotide bases, and they pair together. We have a G that pairs with C. And we have an A that pairs with T. So it's guanine and cytosine and adenine and thymine. So when you look at your genetic test and you see your MTHFR and you see the one that, that has the C in the front, what you're doing is you're just looking at these various nucleotide bases. And then you have the one that has the A in the front. These are your nucleotide bases. So it's nothing more than how your genes kind of connect. And again, your genes, right, DNA is the blueprint. Your RNA is how your body pairs these proteins together. So when you're running a lot of these tests, you're looking at how these proteins are paired together. Evan, you want to break that down? Yeah, so I want to break down the MTHFR gene. A lot of people talk about this now. A lot of people know about it. This is kind of the new buzzword that has surfaced. MTHFR is just an acronym. That's the easy way to say it. I'm going to try to read the official name of this gene because it's insanely long. It's methylnetrahydrofolate reductase. So basically, this gene is giving instructions for making an enzyme, and this enzyme helps to fuel a cycle in the body that's going to allow you to produce energy things like that. So people that have this defect, they're not going to be able to have the same methylation efficiency, if you will, 
in their body. So that's when people start adding in supplements like methylfolate to try to basically pigeonhole itself or pry itself into that cycle to try to get things back to normal. And a lot of people have this this genetic issue. However, I wanted to do this podcast on this because I feel like a lot of people are, are coming to you and I and they're saying, hey, I have this this genetic defect and that's all that they want to talk about and that's all that they want to focus on. But in the process of doing that, they skip some of the basic foundational things that we focus on and they also miss out on neurotransmitter levels things like that that will run from the organic acids testing. They're going to miss out on gut infections. Like you say, at the end of the day, if you have a gut infection, you're not going to get better until that's addressed. So I guess kind of my key takeaway or kind of my hypothesis or whatever you want to call that, my summary of today's topic is that this is important, but it's not the number one end-all, be-all thing to focus on when we're talking about getting you feeling better. Absolutely. When we're looking at DNA or we're looking at RNA, I mean, DNA is your blueprint. RNA is kind of how your blueprint is being enacted, right? The RNA is kind of like the construction workers taking that blueprint and enacting what's on the DNA, so to speak. But then what's expressed, we have a a large control over what's expressed, and that's called epigenetics. And where functional medicine practitioners and doctors really live eat and breathe is the genetic expression, epigenetics. And that's where stress and nutrition and infections and digestion and sleep and all these things that we've talked about in the past on this show really come into effect. So it's nice. Yeah, it's great. If we see an MTHFR defect where we have a problem with this enzyme metabolizing folate, yeah, it makes sense. Let's not take in folic acid. If we see some issues with certain genes that have an effect on glutathione, yeah, it makes sense. We really want to mitigate toxicity and we want to make sure we have building blocks to make glutathione. That makes a lot of sense, but we don't want to lose sight where we uh, can't see the forest to the trees because we're so fixated on our DNA. It's kind of what happened a few years ago when all these women were able to test for this BRAC2 gene that tests breast cancer, and a lot of women were preventatively getting uh, or getting preventative mastectomies. And this isn't good because we know there's lots of different environmental factors that have an effect on whether or not you even get breast cancer to begin with, like toxicity, like vitamin D, like iodine, like water and sleep and blood sugar. So. We want to not look at our genes as a death sentence, but we want to extract information from them, actionable information. But more importantly, I want to get people to look above the genes to the epigenetics. And epigenetics actually means above that. It means epi above and then genes, genes. So epigenetics are the important, the more important um, kind of factors that we want to look at. Yeah, I I so agree. I'm going to beat the drum a little harder too. I've seen some programs out there that are like genetic nutrition programs and genetic fitness programs. And it's like you have the genetic potential where your VO2 max may be greatly improved compared to someone else where that VO2 max may not go up with intense interval training. But that doesn't mean that you can still do interval training if your adrenals are burned out. So I guess kind of what I'm getting at is like you said, DNA is the blueprint, but that's not really taking into, I mean, I guess if I could try to do an analogy here, if you have a blueprint for a mansion, but you only have 0.1 acres to put it on, 
it's not going to fit. So the blueprint looks great, but when you actually get to making that blueprint happen, you can't do it. So that's kind of like you get this blueprint of this fitness plan that's going to be custom tailored to your DNA, but you can't do that because there's other things that are going to be preventing you from doing that fitness routine. Was that a good analogy at all? Yeah, that was great. I think you're on, on point with that, Evan. That was great. So again, take home, right? DNA, blueprint. RNA is the blueprint that's being passed down to the construction worker or to the builder. And then from that, translation's happening where our body's making proteins. And kind of with the MTHFR stick that everyone's really into today, that's nothing more than an enzyme that's helping to metabolize folate. And when we're taking in folic acid and we don't have that enzyme, if we're missing that A SNP or if we're missing that C SNP, right? And SIPs are nothing more than singular nucleotide polymorphism, right? There's just something missing in that genetic chain. Then we may have a 30 to 70% reduction in how we metabolize folic acid to folate. So what that means is if we are heterozygous for the gene, if we have one copy of that gene from our mom and not the other from our dad, then we have a 30% chance of having impaired folate metabolism, and if we have both, if we're homozygous for that gene, that means we have both copies of it, then we're going to have a 70% chance, and that makes it more of an issue, especially if we're consuming cheap, crappy multivitamins that have folic acid in it, or if we're consuming a lot of refined grain products, um, orange juice, a lot of crap products that you buy at the grocery store that may have fortified folic acid in it. Yeah, and at the end of the day, Neither of us are going to be recommending a straight folic acid supplement. I never use it. And if I see something in it, I'm like, why? Why is there folic acid in there? If it has anything, hopefully it's the activated L, what is it, the MTHF? Is that what they call it? The methyl tetrahydrofolate? Yeah, MTHF, the L-isomer version. There's also calcium folinate, which is also pretty darn good too for so, a folate version. So that's the that's what you're going to end up with Anyway, if you are getting a supplement plan that happens to have a wide variety of vitamins and nutrients and minerals and things like that in it, you're not going to get something recommended from us that's going to have folic acid anyway. So it's kind of like, yes, it's helpful to know, but we weren't going to mess you up with the folic acid in the first place. Yeah, there's a couple of really good patented folates out there that's a natural folate or quatrifolate blend that can be helpful. I do find some patients that have some of these genetic SNPs, they will do a lot better on like a, a hydroxyl B12 because typically B12 and folate kind of come together, right? So when we run organic acid testing, we'll look at methylmalonate and that's a organic acid for B12. And then we'll look at pyroglutamate, which is an organic acid for folate. We'll look at both of those two and we'll see how they're doing it. We'll find some patients that have elevated methylmalonate or methylmalonic acid and they're, giving, they're given methyl B12 with the good quality L-isomer folate. They still have issues. Their methylmalonic acid's high and we'll find that when we add in some hydroxyl B12, they actually do better. So some patients, yeah, and again, I think the sicker people are, um, the more genetically stressed they are, they're not following a lot of our functional medicine um, principles, you know, eat well, sleep well, move well, then these things can make a bigger difference the sicker someone can get. Right. Yeah. And my personal experience, methyl B12 definitely felt noticeable difference compared to the garbage cyanocobalamin with the mm -hmm. methylcobalamin. But the hydroxycobalamin, I feel the best. Like I felt a significant change 
within like 20 minutes of a lodgings, I felt like I could move faster. I mean, it was insane. I felt like I had this weight on my shoulders and it was just freed up. So yeah, uh, it's a true testament that that hydroxy is, it's definitely better for me. And some patients will even recommend them to, um, do subcutaneous injections with hydroxy B12 just to maximize. We have absorption in case their guts ripped up. They got H pylori, hypochlorhydria, low stomach acid, et cetera. Maybe they even have a pernicious anemia. We can at least get some good quality B12 in their system guaranteed via the injection. You answered my question. That's what I was going to ask when you would want to use those because typically those are going to be a higher dosage too than like a sublingual, right? Mm-hmm. I mean sublingual a lot of times is going to be enough. Again, typically methyl B12 is going to be a good place to start. If that's not working and we have a good organic acid test in front of us where we're looking at methylmalonic acid and pyroglutamate, that can give us a really good window into B12 and folate, mm-hmm. especially um, also looking at homocysteine as well on your blood test. If you're over eight, then we may want to switch up some of the nutrients. But that's kind of like you know our next step. I find it's not going to be a deal breaker in the majority of the population, yet there's so much information out there that's getting people to be so myopically focused on it. I think there's just other things that we need to be putting our focus and attention on rather than just that. Yeah, I know we've covered that. We probably have 200 episodes on some of these other things, but I think it would be helpful today to kind of zoom back out a little bit. We've been kind of zoomed in. Let's zoom back out, maybe focus on what you think should be the next steps for people. You know, they felt so overwhelmed and maybe even fearful or anxious about all of this stuff, getting their results back, and they see all these red things popping up on these testing programs that they're plugging their DNA into and now they're thinking holy crap it's all over it's not all over there's so much we can do so maybe we could talk about that yeah so when you get your genetic genie or your 23andMe test back it's great but the thing about it is those genes right those genes are not going to change whether you have those genes or not it's not going to change. So you can have someone that's doing great and making all these different changes and rocking it, and maybe those genes aren't going to be expressed, but you're not going to really see that on a 23andMe. It's not dynamic. It's just giving you a static picture of where your genes are at. So it's not really affirmative. It's not really motivating for someone that's doing all these healthy things that's preventing those genes from being expressed, and then you come back with all these negative genes because who the heck cares? Because if you keep on doing these things, they're not even going to express itself anyway. Right? It's like if you have the fat gene, but then you also develop the nutrition gene and the exercise gene and the sleep gene along with it, well, you don't really have to worry about the fat gene. Yet when you get these tests, it's really getting you now to myopically focus on that fat gene. Yet what the hell does it matter if we're already doing things to neutralize it? Right. So we got a few minutes. Do you want to focus on what you think is going to be most impactful? Yeah, so I want to look at functional tests, meaning tests that change based on our function and level to adhering to nutrients, sleep, stress, exercise, right? So a good adrenal test can be helpful because your adrenals are your gla- part of the glandular system that's tied into your sympathetics, your sympathetics being your fight or flight. So the healthier, the more rested you are, the more you have good heart rate variability, uh, the, the better you can adapt to stress. We're going to see healthier cortisol levels throughout the day from a rhythm standpoint. We'll also see healthy DHEA levels. So I think adrenals are a really good kind of functional stress 
stress test. I think making sure gut health is good, making sure we're infection-free is good. I love organic acid testing because it looks at kind of what's happening functionally versus kind of what your static blueprint is that will never change. I think it's great to look at them together because if we see someone come back with elevated methylmalonic acid and they have some homozygous genetic SNPs regarding MTHFR or MTRR, that may make us want to go to hydroxy B12 or some other different nuanced supplement. But that's, you know, that's the frosting, right? We want to make sure the foundational stuff is dialed in first, not be so stressed out on what our genetic tests say when we have functional tests that actually change. These genetic tests, whether you're sick, fat, eating gluten, not sleeping well, not taking care of yourself, and if you switch that up six months to a year later and now you're doing all these great lifestyle principles correctly and you get that genetic test again, it's not going to change. It doesn't really tell you how you're doing from a performance stuff. So we want functional assessments and a static assessment can be helpful, but we got to look at it in conjunction with what it means. What's the big picture really saying? That's a great point. I never really thought about it in that lens that it's not really a functional test. It's just an identification test. That's really helpful because I may not be expressing some of the stuff that I pulled up and now that it's popped out red and I'm thinking, whoa, I have the five times more susceptibility to blank. Well, that's not going to change what I'm doing outside of anything to try to mitigate that. I'm still going to be doing the same protocol. So focus on what counts is, is kind of your takeaway there. Focus on what matters most. Yeah, let's say you were homozygous, meaning you had both genetic SNPs for the, for the C version, the C67877, I think is what it is, for the MTHFR. So you had a 70% reduction in folic acid metabolism. But let's say you were doing all these things right good supplementation of healthy levels of, of activated folate, good dietary stuff, good hydrochloric acid level, sleep stress level. And let's say you can get a, a window into how the epigenetics were functioning. And let's say, well, that 70% chance is now mitigated or, or downregulated 90% because of XYZ. That would be more helpful because it's actually giving us a window and function and it's showing that what we're doing is actually having an effect on it. But to my knowledge, that technology is not available. Right. Once again, the functional model wins. Yeah, but I think there's value in it. I don't ever want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't like absolutes. I think there are patients out there that have done their genetic test and they've been like, it's really uncovered that certain nutrients, certain B12s, uh, certain nutrients they're taking, maybe we're causing them not to have optimal health or maybe we're even causing some side effects. And when they ch changed that, they did much better. Yeah, what I noticed, another thing, this is a little bit of a tangent, but to wrap this thing up is that I've always wondered why coffee has not worked that well for me in terms of my mood and my heart rate and things like that. Turns out I have one of the genes that makes me an extremely slow metabolizer of caffeine. So it all makes sense. I've already guessed that in my head because I can sense it. But now that I have it on a piece of paper, it's definitely interesting. And I had some other mood things that I had questioned in the past where I've come from. I've now fixed some of those mood things using the functional model. But it's interesting to see where I started out, where I was most susceptible. And that just made my journey of fixing this stuff a little bit longer, a little bit more complex than some people who may not have had that predisposition. Uh, predis I can't even say that word. <laughs> predisposition that's a tough one yeah so right now if, if someone's listening to this sorry i got a frog in my throat give me a second to clear <laughs> out so if someone's listening to this right now my frog is cleared if someone's <laughs> listening to this right now and they got their 23 and me and they're like really confused like all right what do i do 
take a step back, make sure you're following the diet and lifestyle principles that we've kind of talked about first. The next thing would be to find a good functional medicine practitioner that can look at it, at least understand what's going on and say, now what tests can we order on top of that that look at your health from a functional perspective that will change based on your level of function? And that's kind of the thing that I would stack on top of it. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but maybe add a couple of good functional tests. I like adding a good organic acid test to the 23andMe. It gives us a better window. And again, if you're not absorbing your food, that's always going to trump everything else. I see organic acid tests go high off the board, meaning when our organic acids go high, we're burning up or we're low in a lot of the nutrients that we need for healthy metabolism. And one of the first things that will do it is malabsorption. Yep, got to have that stomach acid. Everything goes back to digestion for me at some point in a person's health journey. It's just if you don't have good digestion, everything else is – it's not a waste, but it's definitely not as good as it could be. Totally agree. And I promise next show I'm going to have some water right here at my desk. Yeah, I had a mason jar here. Mine's empty too. Luckily, no frogs for me today though. <laughs> no no frogs for you. you. You didn't get sniped up by the by the frogs here today. That's good. <laughs> All right, anything else on your mind, Evan, that the listeners you think would really get a kick out of? That's it. Uh, if they haven't, they can jump on the newsletter already. I give away the first chapter of my stress solutions book that kind of identifies all the different things of stress. People always say reduce stress, but if you can't identify it, then you can't mitigate it. So that's a free guide for people to go and download at my website. Yeah, definitely sign up. Also get your thyroid video series. Super helpful if you're having thyroid issues. And again, if people are struggling with this and need some help kind of interpreting some of these tests and want to know what their next step is, again, Evan or myself would be great to help you out, not just paleo.com for Evan and justinhealth.com for Dr. J and myself. All right, Evan, you have a great day, man. Take care. All right, bye. Bye. All right, as always, hope you enjoyed that episode. Short, sweet, to the point. That's the way I wanted it this week, so I hope you enjoyed it and you actually have some clarity now about your genetic testing, I recommend doing it. It's definitely something that is fun, and it's definitely interesting. So if you have the money to spend on it, then you can go for it. But in my opinion, you're much better off spending your money by running an adrenal stress profile test. So you can contact me if you would like to run one of those on yourself just to get a 24-hour cortisol rhythm picture painted. That's the number one favorite test of mine. Obviously, organic acids testing is huge too. I use that a lot for people that want to do more of like the brain hacking where they want to focus better and just feel better and be able to pay more attention, things like that. There's other stuff that's revealed like detox pathways and and such inside of organic acids. But to me, the adrenal profile test is the best starting point. So contact me not just paleo at gmail.com and we can talk about getting one of those tests sent to your house so that you can use that test kit at home and then send it back to the lab and then we'll set up a time and go over the results. I'm headed out today in a few hours to go to the Bulletproof Conference, be flying out there to Pasadena. Actually, I'm flying into Vegas first, hang out with my parents, my brother for a day or two, and then we're going to drive out to California. So Probably have some more video footage of things like that back at my YouTube channel that you don't want to miss out on. So just look up Evan Brand YouTube or just go to the website, not just Paleo, and you'll see the YouTube button. You can just click that or there's this pretty lady that's on my website now that says not just Paleo on YouTube. 
click that. You can subscribe there and check out my videos. I have some whiteboard instructional videos that have gone up that are really helpful too. So a lot of good content coming from different directions at you. All right. Take care. I will talk to you as soon as I get back. All right. Bye.